Council of the Blind of New York. Now, put your hands together for your president, Karen A. Blackovich. That was an amazing introduction. Thank you, Tyson. Welcome, everybody, to the American Council of the Blind of New York's annual convention. We are here in person. This is so great to see everybody. I'm so glad so many people could attend. Um, we have um, a couple introductions I'm going to make super quick, and then I'm going to hand the mic off. But a special thanks to the, West, the American Council of the Blind, Western New York President, Ian Foley for putting this convention together and um, just working his behind off the last few weeks. Um, and still is, yes. <laughs> We have um, Elaine Ike, who's going to be giving you a description of the color guard who will be starting in just a minute. And we have our own wonderful Jean Mann, who will be singing our national anthem as the color guard will be presenting. So I'm going to turn the mic over to Ian just for a minute. But thank you all for being here. Welcome. Enjoy your lunch. And Mr. Foley. Right here. Right here. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2021 in-person in American Council of the Blind of New York Convention. On behalf of the Western New York chapter, I welcome you to Buffalo. It is so nice to see people actually here. Um, last year was fun virtually, but it is really cool to see people here. So... I would like to thank our sponsors. We had, uh, I think, five corporate sponsors this year. We have first the New York State Commission for the Blind and Democracy Live, who will be presenting uh, tomorrow as our diamond sponsors. We have Spectrum or Charter uh, as the next level of sponsor, which I can't remember the name, Platinum. And then we have a Ruby sponsor of Avanda Pharmaceuticals. Avanda has been a longtime supporter of our convention, as you well know, with their non-24 uh, medications and therapies. And they will be joining us tomorrow as well for, the, uh, for part of the afternoon session. We've got a few exhibitors that are going to be here tomorrow. And a few demonstrations uh, you know, of, of technology and such. So it's going to be a good time. So this afternoon's business meeting will, of course, be the, the usual busyness. And uh, we're looking forward to having a great, uh, a great next two and a half days. So welcome to Buffalo, and I'll hand it back. Yeah. Okay. okay, before the color guard, I would like to invite Frank Camarada, who is the executive director of the Erie County Office of Office for People with Disabilities. And I will hand the microphone over to Frank. Thank you, Frank. Well, thank you very much, Ian, and uh, everybody, welcome to Buffalo. It's it's great to be here. Ian and I were together, uh, I think it was, what, it was five years ago, right, Ian? Six years ago now, sorry. And so it's it's great to be back with everybody. And got to be honest with you, it is wonderful to be in person because this is probably only the second time I've been in person with a group 
in the last two years. Uh, so it's uh, it's been a it's been a difficult time for everybody. Uh, but uh, Ian, I, Ian and I were just talking. But I think one of the things that uh, the pandemic has done has increased our use and knowledge of assistive technologies, and has actually made a lot of people uh, made a lot of people's lives easier, and has made us a little bit closer too. So um, that's a, that's been one of the blessings. But uh, Ian has asked me here to do a proclamation from the county executive. So I'm, if you don't mind, I'm just going to quickly read it off to you. Uh, this is from County Executive Pulling Cars. Honoring the American Council of the Blind of New York, whereas the American Council of the Blind of New York is the, same, the state affiliate of the American Council of the Blind, its purpose is to support and promote the education, vocational, and social advancement of blind and visually impaired persons. And whereas in 2020, the American Council of the Blind of New York celebrated its 50th anniversary convention. Whereas Erie County would like to recognize the American Council of the Blind of New York for their important role in the passage of the Americans with Disabilities Act, the 21st Century Communications and Video Accessibility Act, the New York State legislation affecting public access for guide dog users and assisting in the passage of the New York State Braille Bill. And whereas Erie County is committed to the belief that we must accept people who are blind and visually impaired and value each person for their individual accomplishments. Now, therefore, be it resolved that I, Mark Polenkars, not me, Frank Camerata, Erie County Executive, do hereby proclaim October the 15th, 2021, as the American Council of the Blind New York Day in Erie County, and thank the organization for their efforts in bringing awareness and helpful information to the members of the visually impaired community. Thank you so much, really. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks, Ian. Thank you, Frank. All right. All right. So we have the color guard in the back of the room. Elaine Ike is going to give you a description of what they're wearing. They're going to begin. And then our national anthem by Jean Mann. Hi, and thank you very much, VFW Post. And the three that served in Vietnam and the other one, the younger man, served in Afghanistan. We appreciate what you did. The gentlemen are carrying the American flag with an eagle on top. They're also carrying the POW flag for prisoners of war. They're wearing white shirts and looks like black pants with a gold buckle and white gloves. Um... And very shiny shoes. <laughs> okay, uh, I'll let them proceed then. Go ahead and get started. Say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight are the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glow the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag 
music was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. Thank you so much, Jean, and thank you to the Color Guard for being here. Uh, the Pledge of Allegiance. Jean is going to lead us all in the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The color guard can proceed. The color guard has now left the room. Okay, so everybody has their lunch served, I'm hoping. Um, any problems, I will be at the front center table. Um, everybody enjoy your lunch. We are going to be reconvening at 2 p.m. promptly uh, for the business meeting. All right, everybody, welcome to the 2021 business meeting of the American Council of the Blind of New York. Uh, welcome to everybody in person, and welcome to everybody on Zoom. Um, this is a business meeting, so what I am going to ask is that when the microphone is brought to you, or when you are brought in through Zoom, we are going to attempt to limit our questions and comments to two minutes or less um, to keep things running as efficient as possible. Um, we're going to start with some introductions and roll call. So, to begin, I am Karen Blackwitz. I am your state president. Nancy Murray, first vice president. Jean Mann, second vice president. Fiorello, secretary. Uh, yes, this is Rosanna Beaudry, and I am the treasurer for ACBNY, and happy to be here today. Very excited to be at the convention. Wish I was there in person, but... Um, it's exciting. Thank you. So, Albany, Mike O'Brien. Mike, Mike O'Brien, Albany, New York. Troy, New York. Greater New York, uh, Fitzville Martin. Fitzville Martin, Greater New York. Western New York, Ian Foley. Ian Foley, Delegate, Western New York Chapter. Rochester, Utica Council, Long Island Council of the Blind, Westchester Council. Thanks, Rodney Stanford, from uh, the board member from Westchester, and I have with me Martin Cahill, the delegate from for the this convention. Guide dog users of the Empire State. Okay, <coughs> Megan, I understand you are representing guide dog users, citizens with low vision. Bill Murray from New York State <coughs> Council, citizens with low vision. Randolph Shepard, vendors of America. 
So Megan Parker, guide dog users of the Empire State that are known as G-Doos. Thanks. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> and um, the Braille Revival League, I believe you have representation. That, I believe, is going to complete the affiliate roll call. So what we are going to do now is Michael Blackowitz is going to be coming around to each table so everybody does know who's present in the room. Paul Yergi, ACB Buffalo. Bob White, Greater New York. Virgilio Amaral, First Vice Chair, Committee of Blind Vendors, Albany, New York. Mike O'Brien, Capital District Chapter, um, Chapter Representative, uh, Troy, New York. Marie Lyons, Buffalo, New York. Kathy Lyons. American Council of the Blind and Western New York Incorporated Vice President. Andrew Pachinski, Buffalo, New York. Margo Downey, um, member Bennett B, but I've also joined ACB as well. And I'm glad to see so many people I know and glad to meet. Carlene Fiorello, Secretary of the ACB WNY. Uh, Bill, Mur Bill Murray from uh, New York State Council of Citizens with Low Vision, uh, President of that chapter. Rodney Stanford, Westchester Council of the Blind. Martin Cahill, Westchester Council of the Blind. Fitzmartin, Greater New York Council of the Blind. Maureen Moscato, Greater New York Council of the Blind. Salvatore Moscato, Greater New York Council of the Blind. Ian Foley, Western New York Delegate, President of ACB of Western New York, Legislative Co-Chair, Scholarship Chair. Cecily, is there a way for you to read down to the members that are on the Zoom so they have active participation throughout this meeting. Yes, absolutely. Lori Scharf, previously introduced. Then we have Anne Chiopetta, Charles, Megan Parker, previously introduced, Myrna Voda, and Rosanna Beaudry, previously introduced. Okay, so that's everybody on Zoom. Thank you. Yes. So we are going to begin this meeting with approval of the minutes. The minutes were sent out um, for the 2020 annual meeting for voting the way I believe it has to happen. Um, all those in favor will have to raise their hand. Cecily will count those votes and then we will vote here in the room by a voice vote. So everybody who is on the Zoom call, to my knowledge, are all members, um, which all do have the right and privilege to vote then, Cecily. Okay. 2020 business meeting minutes were sent out. Um, people on Zoom, all in favor, please raise your hand. All in the room, in person, uh, to approve the 2020 business meeting minutes. Signify with I. Okay, Cecily, um, just hold that count for a minute. Uh -huh. Any opposed to the accept acceptance of the minutes? Raise your hand. Here present in the room, anybody opposed to the acceptance of the minutes? Signify with I. Hearing none, what is the count, Cecily, on the acceptance of the minutes? We have five for and one against. Okay, and it was a clear unanimous vote in the room. So the motion is carried to accept the minutes for the 2020 business meeting. So I wanna welcome everybody to the 2021 
business meeting of the American Council of the Blind of New York. Without a doubt, this year has presented many, many challenges. We've had so many positive advocacy issues going on with some positive resolve. We've had some challenges that we've all faced as an organization with some resignations and uh, structure issues. However, as an organization, people stepped up who we never expected to, and I'm proud of in each of every one of those who did. This organization will survive regardless of some inner turmoil at times, some conflicts created, and I would probably say acted as a test to the strength of this organization. We had Rosanna Beaudry who stepped up as treasurer, and I thank you very much for doing that. We had Richard Fiorello who stepped up to act as secretary in a crisis situation with very little notice given and very um, little preparation uh, that could go into finding uh, people to fill these positions. So I just wanna tell you both how proud I am of you for stepping up and doing what needs to be done to hold this organization together. It is the people that is the glue that sticks all of us together and will push us forward to succeed in our efforts moving forward. Some of the larger advocacy issues we've worked on naturally have been New York elections, which, you know, we're still in, it's a work in progress, um, but tomorrow you will hear from Democracy Live and we can really go into some more of the options and potential and possibilities that are out there. There was an accomplishment in the accessibility on the New York alert system, which Ann Chapetta will speak to later during reports. The pedestrian safety case uh, situation will be talked about by Lori Scherf later during reports as well. The New York Business Enterprise Program um, has had a lot of challenges uh, over the last year, but with a very strong committee um, has moved forward in assuring that the law is being upheld. And we have Virgil Amaral from Albany who will talk briefly on that topic as well. There isn't a whole lot I'm gonna go into because the reports will cover a lot of it. Um, and we also, I'm sorry, and we have Megan wonderful Megan, who's going to do a report on our diversity committee and also on the SRC. But I wanna say how wonderful it is to have so many of you here in person and how wonderful it is to have the technology to bring people in around the state that may not have the ability to come in person due to whatever reason, health issues, uh, financial issues, any, any type of issues. Technology has pushed organizations forward in a way I'm not sure that any of us really anticipated before 2020. But now that it's here, I have to believe that it's here to stay. And it has made it a game changer for many people who wanna to belong to organizations uh, that couldn't previously in the past. I am going to close my presidential um, report. I'm not going to take questions on it because we're going to wait to hear all about that stuff during the committee and um, 
updates, reports later on in the agenda. We are going to move forward to the next. We are going to move on to our first vice president. Nancy Murray is going to give her report. Um, first vice president's report. I don't have a lot. I most of what I do has been with fundraising, and I don't know whether she wants me to do that now or later. Okay, so I'm going to do it now. Um, we've we've sold some hoodies. First of all, I gave four. I bought four for the national convention, all of which have been sent out as door prizes or in a couple of cases, um, auction items. And I've also sold four since, just one recently. So we've made a little money there. The, they've now, uh, the board made a vote previously, recently to vote lower the cost from 25 to $20 to hopefully sell some more because maybe people thought the price was too high. And uh, that's all I have. Thank you. Hi, everybody. Um, I, I'll have a, you'll hear me a lot later because I'll be doing constitution stuff. So um, I won't say too much now. Just I am the membership committee chair. And uh, Margo, congratulations. Thank you for joining us. Uh, unfortunately, you haven't submitted your state dues yet or your, 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 your secretary hasn't. State dues? She she submitted she paid it, but she it hasn't been submitted to the state yet. So officially, you won't be able to vote today. Okay, just so you know. Um, and just a reminder that if you um, make changes to your information, your address, your phone number, if you can have that sent along to me during the course of the year, it makes it a lot easier to. Um, to get the correct information to everybody at, at the beginning of next year when I send the lists out to your chapters to verify everything. Um, I don't think I have much else to say. Um, I also volunteered to do the newsletter, so I will deal with that after all this is over. Um, and eventually we'll hopefully get a newsletter out. So, you know, we're always looking for articles and, and whatever you want to send and what your chapters are doing, just keep that in mind. But I'll send information out. Okay, you'll hear from me later. Hi, I'm Richard Fiorello. I'm the uh, acting secretary. You'll uh, be tortured with my, my words of wisdom when I do minutes. Uh, I want to thank you. Thank you, everyone, for their, their patience. We're working on uh, getting me on a few lists and, and things of that nature. And uh, I want to thank uh, the, the previous secretary for, for, for all the hard work that you did, Annie. We, we looked at the thumb drive and you've been, you were busy. Many thanks. So... Rosanna Beaudry, if you can give us uh, the best possible treasurer's report you can. And as a disclosure, Rosanna just took over as president. Uh, excuse me, treasurer. <laughs> I'm giving away my job, guys. <laughs> just took over as treasurer uh, approximately two weeks ago. So she is going to do the absolute best she can. And there will be a more comprehensive treasurer's report going out later. But while things were in transition, uh, Rosanna, you have the floor and just do the best you can. Good afternoon, I guess. I don't know if it's morning or afternoon anymore. Um, <laughs> yes, hi. Uh, a couple of things before I give this report. Um, Karen, you want me to, I'm going to give the report as for what I have access to at this point. 
Uh, as Karen has mentioned, we are in a transition period right now, and it has taken longer than any of us really anticipated for that to happen. So at this point, I do have access, we have two banks that we work with. One is JP Morgan Chase, the other one is Beth Page Federal Credit Union. And I do have access to the Beth Page account and I will be able to give that report. I will not be able to give the Chase report because that's the one I do not, as of yet, have access to. However, um, I do, as a, a FYI and a good note, is on Friday, I did go over to Chase, did speak to someone there along with our previous treasurer who was on the phone with me at the time. And they are going to try to work some arrangement next week, Monday or Tuesday, as a matter of fact, to get all three of us together, uh, whether it's, you know, hopefully by telephone at that point, so that I can gain access to that account. The best page account that we use is really, we use it for monetary funds. The only amount of money that comes out of best page is for convention. Uh, the convention account is in Bethpage. I will give what I have as of September 30th. That's all of these, all of the information that I'm going to give on that report is going to be as of September 30th. Uh, so it's as recent as I can get at this point. What I will tell you is that all of the expenses for this convention that the state is responsible for will not be in this report simply because I don't have all of that information yet. And, you know, there is still money that needs to be paid out to close out state convention. And once I have all those receipts, then they will go into the October report, which I plan on sending out. So there will be an October report, which will piggyback what I have on this report. Um, so just give me a minute so I can bring up what we need to work with. Okay, here we go. Okay, again, these are as of September 30th. Okay, and the account, the first account here that I have is the convention money market account. Now that account earmarks the scholarships, okay? 63.79 is what is now earmarked for the state uh, scholarship as of today. $5,562 is it was earmarked for the Paul Sauerland. $418 was earmarked for the MJ Schmidt. Okay, that's uh, what we have up to date. Interest was $4.10 on that account. And the current balance on that account is $12,486.86. 
on that account. But keep in mind, nothing for this convention has come out of this account as of yet. So, okay, the money market account. The balance right now is $30,101.25. The interest on that money market account was $9.88. The savings account that is in Beth Page has a balance right now of $31.69. And the interest on that was, believe it or not, folks, one cent. Okay, the balance on these accounts that I just gave you, the two money markets and the savings account, that balance is $42,619.98 as of today in those three accounts. Now, in the best page account, we do have four CDs that are, you know, that are still current. One of those, we had five. One actually rolled over in this past April. Um, so we now have four remaining CDs that are in this account. At the present time, these CDs are gaining over 2% interest because they were done uh, prior to the pandemic. So... Fortunately, we're gaining a de decent amount of money on them. I'm going to give you the total balance. The current balance for all four certificates that remain is $25,816.49 for those certificates. The balance for all the accounts together, including the... Uh, the certificate accounts, we have $68,435.57. And that is the total amount of money that remains in the best page account as of September 30th. And that's all I have on this report for the actual banking information. Um, Rosanna, I just wanted to clarify the, the, the amount of money in the scholarship uh, earmarked for the scholarship. You said $6.31. No, 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 no. Let me go back to it. Um, no, it was more than that. It was with, like the first number you gave. Yeah, it was. Remember that those num these numbers were previous. Nothing's changed since. Let me, let me go back. Uh, Jean, you were talking about the state scholarship? Yeah, you said $63 uh, or something? Yeah, it's $63.79 is what is currently uh, allocated to that right now. That was in the past. That's, I mean, that's obviously changeable. That's what is there right now. That's oh. what was handed down to me. Oh, it seemed awfully low. That's why I wondered. Yeah, it did seem low, and I'm not sure I would have to look further into that and get back to you on it. Okay. Thanks, Jean. Richard Fiorello has a question. Hold on. 
Rosanna, at your, at your convenience, if, if you could email me that information. Which, wait, can you can you speak up a little louder? Um, well, how's this? If, oh, much Rosanna, better. Thank if, you. If, at your convenience, if you could email me those figures, that would be very helpful. Oh, yeah, no, I'm going to email this all to you for you to put it in the minutes. It would be so much easier for you to copy and paste it. Um, so, no, I, this will all be emailed to you for sure. Okay. Thank you. Before I take another question in the room, are there any questions on Zoom for the treasurer? I see no hands raised. Thank you. Are there any other questions in the room for the treasurer? If you can speak your name, I can see your hands go up. No other questions. Okay. Rosanna, I want to yeah. thank you for your report. Um, I'm going to call uh, for the acceptance of the treasurer's report. Um, and thank you again for clarifying that a more detailed one will go out later. But for, yeah. the, time, for the time being, we're going to call for the vote the same as we did before. So all those in favor of accepting the treasurer's report on Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in favor on Zoom of accepting the treasurer's report, please raise your hand. All those in the room in favor of accepting the treasurer's report signify by saying aye. Anybody on Zoom opposed to the treasurer's report, please raise your hand. Anybody on Zoom opposed to accepting the treasurer's report, please raise your hand. Anybody in the room opposed to accepting the treasurer's report signify with an aye. Hearing none, Cecily, the count for approving the treasurer's report. You have four in favor and one against. Okay, and the room was a unanimous in favor, motion carried to accept the treasurer's report as presented. Thank you. We are going to move to the next item on the agenda, which is the convention committee report. So I am going to ask Mr. Foley if he would please give a report and um, I'm going to hand over the microphone to him. Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the convention, those who are in person and those joining us on Zoom and ACB radio or ACB media channel seven. Nice to have everybody here and active. So as you can see, this is the first time in two years that we've had a live face-to-face -face convention. And we're told among the nationwide, we were the kind of, I guess, uh, the pioneers. Um, there's only a couple other states across the country that actually dared to do an in-person convention. So kudos to us and thank those of you who braved the, the elements and everything else out there to come to Buffalo and join us. We struggled a little bit because of the COVID pandemic, obviously. Uh, sponsorships were a little down, uh, exhibitors were down, 
you know, everybody had concerns coming into this, as you'd expect. Um, you know, across the country, things are, you know, things are a little different than they are here. Some places are worse, et cetera. So we had some legitimate concerns, you know, strategically planning this, inviting people. Um, I want to thank Clark for coming all the way from, uh, from Alexandria, from, from the D.C. area, to present last night at our leadership seminar, as well as tomorrow during our general session. Um, again, you know, our sponsors, beginning with the New York State Commission for the Blind, uh, they've always been very faithful sponsors to us. Uh, this year, we also brought in Democracy Live, which we'll talk about uh, tomorrow as well. Um, great sponsor, lots of information about the accessible online voting that hopefully someday will occur in New York State. It's already being done in many other states across the country. And uh, Spectrum or Charter Communications, uh, you know, Spectrum has always been, uh, you know, very verbal in making their their technology accessible to us from cable TV to, you know, we all use internet. Uh, we're using it right now. And, you know, Charter has been kind of a trendsetter to the point where they actually have a, you know, disabled liaison or a, a disability liaison department to deal specifically with our technology issues as it relates to, to using assistive technology. So, and last but not least, we have uh, Avanda Pharmaceuticals once again presenting. Uh, tomorrow, and they're sponsoring uh, at the Ruby level, and we always appreciate them coming in to talk about their non-24 issues and such, and their therapies for, for treating that disorder. So not the usual number of sponsors, but we're certainly happy with who, who did work with us this year, and I think the exhibit room, although smaller than we typically have, is going to be a lively and engaging one. Uh, lots of hands-on kind of demonstrations between Spectrum and Democracy Live. Uh, the, the Capital Region Nordic Alliance is going to be there uh, showing their, um, their Microsoft Soundscape navigation systems tomorrow at 11 o'clock, cheap plug. Um, since we're not doing Get Up and Get Moving, we're doing another version of Get Up and Get Moving, but it's basically gonna be Get Up and Get Navigating using Microsoft Soundscape. Uh, we're going to meet at the main door, the front lobby of the hotel tomorrow morning at 11 and slap a harness on, put an iPhone on your chest, and we're going to go exploring the parking lot together, listening to a map that was made by Cerna uh, for the area surrounding the hotel. So it should be a good time. And of course, they're presenting later on about some of the things they're doing on a state level and a nationwide level. Thank you again for attending. If I'm going to give this to Karen to... Uh, present a little more on the convention. Thank you. So, um, you know, attendance um, has been interesting because what we, we thought was going to be, be low ended up not being as low as we thought. Um, so I believe in person, we had 35 uh, people registered. Uh, online or uh, Zoom, however we want to word it, I believe that there were 29 people registered. And um, naturally, it is also being broadcast over ACB Radio Live. And thank you very much to Tyson and crew and Cecily for all your hard work. Um, we appreciate all the time and energy you have certainly put into uh, making this accessible and available to everybody. Um, you know, the lineup of speakers for tomorrow afternoon um, are, you know, um, uh, Vanda. Um, Democracy Live, 
Spectrum. Clark uh, Rockfall, of course, from National is going to give us some national updates. I'm really excited about that to have somebody, you know, in from National doing that. Um, we also have um, Mike Robinson, who's president of the National Federation of the Broadline of New York, who will be giving a 15 minute or so uh, rundown on what their organization is doing. And in return, I was given equal time at their convention to talk about the different things that that we're doing and some of the issues that we're working on together, not just locally or statewide, but also nationally. As we all know, you know, election issues, uh, the Federation and the Council has collaborated on and working together um, to move everything forward uh, on accessibility for all of us to have uh, access to vote and, and some other issues, of course. Um, see, I don't think I'm leaving anything out as far as speakers. If I am, I apologize and we'll go back to it. But overall, for a convention report, it is so good to see everybody in person. The numbers look good. It's a component that I believe we may have to continue on with. 2020 showed us that we can do things virtually and it brings people in that may not normally be able to come to convention. So welcome to all the new people, welcome to the new members. Um, and again, it's just good to see everybody. Are there any questions about the convention report? Uh, this is Annie Chapetta. Uh, I'm president of Dido Users of the Empire State. And I'd just like to uh, invite everybody uh, to come to our morning session. It begins at 9 a.m. We're going to have uh, reports from Bido School programs and also have some conversation um, about um, about aging dog users and um, maybe some of the changes that occur as we age, but also um, keep us going as guide dog handlers. So I, I just wanted to mention that. Thank you. Well, thank you, Annie. I was wondering if Helen Keller was presenting. They might not be, but I thought they're here, gonna be here. Kathy Lyons had asked if Helen Keller will be here, and yes, they will be here in the exhibit room. They are not on the schedule to present during the speakers. You're welcome. Any other questions from here in person? Okay, if not, we're gonna move on um, to the budget. So Rosanna, if you can get ready. Folks, I just, I have to have a little bragging right here. It is Michael Blackowitz, who is my son, who is being the mic runner. And for those in the audience that don't know, Michael is visually impaired in two. That's why he's having a, a little challenge. So if you could just call your name so he can find you a little easier. Or stand up so he can identify you a little bit better. But um, Rosanna, are you and your committee, the finance committee ready to present a budget? Yeah. Okay. Um, can, you, can you hear me? We can hear you fine. Okay, awesome. Um, I would, first of all, I want to thank the Finance Committee for all the work that they put into working on this budget. Um, we got together several times to put it together. Uh, I think that going forward, there may be changes that uh, may need to be tweaked along the way. Okay, Jim Paulsoni is the chair uh, of the Finance Committee and also Bob White who I believe is up there in person. So- is present. 
Yeah, he is present. So Bob White might have something to add to this as we go along. This is, this that I'm going to read is broken up into four columns. Uh, the first column is going to be what was budgeted for 2021, all right? And what was the second column is what was actual for 2021. The third column is going to be what is, uh, has been spent in 2021. And most of those are going to be zero because the, the year has not ended. Uh, and the fourth column to this will be what is budgeted for 2022. The first part of this is going to be the expense side of the report. And the first ca uh, category for this will be the ACB events. Okay, convention delegate, 2021, it was, uh, I'm sorry, 1,500, they spent zero, 1,500 was allocated, 1,500 was allocated again for 2022. The alt-delegate, 1,000 was allocated in 2021 for the alt-delegate. We spent nothing in 2021 for the alt-delegate. And 1,000 will be allocated for 2022. Something's screwed up here. Okay, the annual donation Zero was allocated in 2021. Zero was used in 2021. And zero was allocated for 2022. Okay, DKM. 100 was allocated in 2021. We used zero. And zero was allocated for 2022. Now, just just a note for this: we have not used this scholarship in in a while, so um, that's why these these are zero. The next one is raffle. That was zero in 2021. Zero was raised or used in 2021 and zero is what we have allocated for 2022 for now okay legislative weekend this is dc the one that is in washington dc that was 250 in 2021 61.8 is what was used in 2021, and we reallocated 250 for 2022. And there's nothing year to date. Okay, the total for ACB events, 
2,850, that was in 2021. 2,750 is what would be allocated for 2022 for all events, for ACB events. Yeah, I'm just wondering about the um, the allocation for the, the national delegate and the, the alternate delegate and why there's a disparity in the amount there. I, it seems logical to me that it would be the same, but I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm up on it. Okay, uh, Rodney, let me just understand what you're asking. You're asking about the, uh, the delegate for national and you're questioning the amount yeah, for the, the national delegate? The amount for the delegate was 1,500. And the Correct. alternate delegate was 1,000. Correct. And I don't know what the difference would be between the necessity of a thousand. Oh, okay. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, okay. It seemed to, they would both be 1500 if 1500 is the appropriate amount. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And actually, at one point, they actually had taken out the alternate delegate altogether. Uh, and then it was put back into the budget. And uh, the discrepancy is the $500, which is the difference there. And just no, I'm not sure there's really any rhyme or reason as to why it, we decided that I mostly to balance the budget at this point, um, because as you will see, as we go down, there is a deficit. So uh, mostly to balance the budget would be the primary reason. That is not to say that uh, at that. some point, if extra money is needed, the board can be approached with that request. Uh, hold on, I have a, I have Jean Mann can explain that a little better to answer. Yes, go ahead, Jean. Okay, the reason- There you that, are. The reason that, that the delegate has gotten a little bit more money is because uh, the delegate is basically responsible for being at all um, ACB general sessions. Mm -hmm. If for some reason the delegate can't be there, then the alternate takes over. But um, but it's really the delegate's responsibility. So I guess it was figured that the delegate uh, would get a little bit more money um, because they, they are supposed to be there at all times, like for the whole morning session. Um, the question I have, since I've got the mic, is why we spent money on... Um, the DC council or the, the mid-year meeting, why there's a 60 something dollar amount spent because the whole thing was virtual. So I'm just wondering where that, what that money was for. I figured you did. Um, Bob, do you have the answer to that? Because I'm not sure of that either. That was under Mike. I have the answer. You do, go ahead. The answer is because it was, there was funds allocated towards that there were a few people who wanted to register virtually and that's where that came in i'm not sure why it's not an even number i'm a little confused on that yeah um, you're but right it's it went, not even it went to uh the online registration fee okay thank you thank you for clarifying that for me because i was wondering about that myself some of it may have been paypal charges Thank you to my first vice for bringing that to my attention. Yes. Um, so that may be, you know, and, until we look at a past treasurer's report to know, you know, exactly. But I can tell you that is the reason why it was because the money was there and 
I, it was a board, I believe it was a board vote to uh, allow people to register utilizing that money instead of just one person using it. Well, that makes good sense, actually. I said it. It actually makes good sense. So, well, I will confirm that and look into that further, though, for you. Right. So, so we can get back to you on that answer because mm -hmm. my memory is a little fuzzy at this age, too. Write um, myself some notes here. I do know it went for registration fees, though, is to answer the question on where the money did go. Okay. Rodney, did that answer your question? Yeah. You're welcome. Are there any other questions in the room to the proposed first section of the budget? Okay. Hearing none, Rosanna, if you want to continue, go on. Okay. All right. The next category that we have is ACBNY events. And the first, the first the first uh, thing in this category is convention, and that's state convention. That was in 2021. We allocated six thousand for state convention, and we allocated six thousand again for 22 convention. Now, uh, this convention. Our present convention was being held by Western New York. So the only two things that we will be responsible for will be the leadership dinner and our scholarship uh, winner and their travel. Uh, everything else will be the responsibility of Western New York. So those numbers will not show up till I get everything in place. So I can't give you a total figure on that, but we will allow for 6,000 for 2022 because uh, we don't know where that convention is going to be held and whether it's going to come under the state. So the national rep at convention, 800 was allowed in 2021 and we allocated 800 again for 2022. Okay, the MJ Schmidt Award, which is, uh, we allocated 400 in 2021. We had zero. And now, as of right now, we allocated zero for this for 2022. As of right now. The leadership, 750 was allocated in 2021. 750 will be also allocated in 2022. And right now, I have nothing that was paid out on that. Legislative weekend, 4,000 was allocated in 2021. Zero was used. And 4,000 will be allocated for 2022. Okay, total ACB NY events. 11,950 was 2021. 11,550 is what will be 
allocated for 2022 or budgeted for 2022. So there's not that much of a difference there. Okay, that completes that category. I noticed that for 2022, there was nothing allocated for the MJ Schmidt scholarship. And I just want to point out that that scholarship is an excellent tool for recruitment for new members. And I would like if it, I don't know if that can be rethought, but I think that's a very important element to bring new people into the American Council of the Blind of New York. Cassie, I would totally agree with you on that, okay? The only reason why this uh, this was put at zero for right now is because this has not been utilized for the last um, several, well, at least three or four years that I'm familiar with. And uh, there is going to be a discussion going forward regarding revitalizing this because there is a process that that needs to go into this. There needs to be a committee that needs to work on the MJ Schmidt in order for that scholarship to be utilized. And if that does come to fruition and that happens, then it is something that the finance committee will definitely be willing to address, no questions asked. Does that help? Does that answer the question? We're not throwing it out, out in the water, Kathy. We're not throwing it out altogether. Right now, we're just saying it hasn't been utilized. That's it. But okay. we are definitely open to uh, addressing, addressing Rosanna, it. I'm, I'm going to stop you just for one minute because I just want to remind everybody that there were very specific fundraisers and that money was to be allocated towards this specific um award so um i i will fully admit that we do need to put a committee together to put well the criteria is already in place but it does need to be cleaned up and yes. it does have to be a committee to review the options just a reminder that you do have to be a member uh to qualify for this award that gene just brought to my attention so that's correct. You have to be a member. So I just want to, you know, point of clarification. Megan? Yeah. Hey, it's Megan. Thank you. Um, oh, there so, you are. Okay. Yeah, just <laughs> everything <laughs> takes a moment on Zoom. Um, yes. So it was really just the same issue we've been talking about. Um, I was just going to point out, Rosanna, the only reason I believe that that has gone unused has been a failure of this organization to really promote it and to have people you know, on the committee and that's been going on for some time now, but uh, I do think a budget is as much a mission statement for the organization as anything. And, you know, when things go unused, that's fine, but wiping it out is, um, you know, concerning to me personally, I'd prefer to see it in the budget. Okay, I totally, I get that. Oh, that's something that, no, that's okay. It's worth five cents. Um, that's something we can, you know, we definitely can can look at and address. As I said, the only reason why we did not is because it has not been utilized. That was our only reason. Well, and honestly, in the past, there were not designated funds 
to that, but now that there are, the money that was raised in 2020 and 2021 really should be allocated towards that award. Mm -hmm. Okay, and that can be done. That actually can be done. So am I hearing at this point that um, there might be a uh, membership might want us to put this award back in to the budget? That's what I'm hearing. I, I believe that's what you're hearing. Yeah. You okay. That's something, you know, that's something the finance committee is going to have to look Rosanna, at. I'm going to stop you just for a second because Bob's asking for the mic. So I'm going to let Yes, Bob. go ahead, please. Right. Go ahead, Bob. Uh, folks, we, we have come up with a little bit of a deficit this year. And one of the reasons we left it out was try to... Mike, can you, uh, Bob, speak louder. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. Oh, okay, we can hear you now. Uh, we are coming up with a bit of a deficit this year. And to try to ease the pain of that deficit, we were just looking at ways to cut the budget uh, with the knowledge that a budget is not a, is not written in stone. And if, if, if it, something really becomes an issue later on, it can always be added. So that's all I'm just asking for people to keep that in mind. So what, I guess what I would have to say about that is that, yes, there may be a deficit, but when money is donated by members and to be allocated to a very specific cause, you can't really reallocate that money to a different um, stream. So, great. That's absolutely correct, Karen. And that whatever money has been donated to, to that cause is going to get allocated and earmarked for that specifically. Absolutely. Okay, Jean is asking to make a motion. So I'm going to, oh, we can't make, but that's why we're stopping in between each section. Okay, it makes sense. Okay, so I'm gonna backtrack and I'm gonna do it this way. Did anybody have a suggested edit to the first section of the proposed budget. Are there any proposed changes to the first section of the budget? Hearing none. In the second section of the budget, I already know there's a proposed change. I am. Mm -hmm. I move that the money that was allocated for the MJ Schmidt Award in 2020, or was it 2021, was it? 2021. Be put back in the budget in the 2022 budget. I'll second that. Seconded by Nancy. Thank you. Okay. Okay. There was a motion made and a second. The motion made was from Jean Mann. The second was from Nancy Murray. Open for discussion. Thanks. Um, well, so obviously I support it. The only reason I raised my hand, raised my hand or whatever, is to say um, it's just a little confusing to add and take things out of the budget when we haven't heard the full budget. So I'm just feeling a little lost, like we haven't actually heard the full deficit or anything yet. Um, uh, so I guess that's more of a comment, but um, anyway, that's it. I guess the response I would have to that, Megan, is that 
doing this hybrid is it's presenting some challenges that are a little unlike what we normally do in person. Um, I hear what you're saying and I understand and potentially moving forward, we can look at different procedures in presenting the budget in a hybrid type fashion. Um, right now, I'm trying to do the best I can. <laughs> um, section by section, at least we're opening it, it up for conversation and then at the end of the budget naturally we'll um, go back, back and look at any other proposed changes. Um, that's, that's the best answer I can give you right now. Any discussion from the room? Hearing none, all those in favor of the proposed motion by Jean Mann on Zoom, signify by raising your hand, please. All those in the room in favor of supporting the motion made by Jean, signify with an aye. Any opposed to the motion made by Jean through Zoom, please raise your hand. Any opposed to the motion in the room, signify by aye. Hearing none. In favor, Cecily, how many hands? Five in favor, one against. Okay. And in the room, it was a unanimous vote. Motion carried to add the line back to the budget, Rosanna. Okay, awesome, thank you. And uh, Richard, you'll put that in the minutes as well, right? Okay, the next section is ACBNY committees. Um, remember folks, we are still on the expense side of this budget, just so that everybody knows where we are. Okay, 2021 was 500. We allocated 500 again for 2022, and there was point point of clarity, Rosanna. What are you talking about? 20 of uh, 500 for fundraising. Now, none of the fundraising that has been done this year, I don't have. It's okay, just continue. Nobody heard the word fundraising. Just go oh, on. I'm sorry. I thought that's what you were. Continue. Yeah, that's what it was. Okay, membership development is next. We allowed 250 in 2021. And we brought this down and to 100 for 2022. And some of this was broken, you're gonna see was broken out into other areas as I go through this budget. But we felt that 100 would probably do okay for membership development. Legislative committee was 200 in 2021. We allocated 200 for 2022. So we didn't make any change there. Publicity, we added in here publicity and outreach as one category um, rather than dividing it up. And that there was 500 that was allocated in 2021 and we reallocated 500 in 2022 for publicity and outreach. Okay, the next one is new. This is a new line and that is the area of diversity. And so there was nothing in 2021 because it didn't exist. 
Okay. We have allocated 500 for diverse for the diversity line at this time. Um, I I want to qualify this here. It's really important because um, again, because of the budget deficit, we originally wanted to allocate a thousand for diversity. We brought it down to 500 for now. Uh, if more money is needed, then uh, you know we can address that. But for now, we brought it down. So now, total for the committees, 1,450 for 2021, and 1,800 is what would be for 2022. And that is the end, that's the end of that category, so I'll turn it over to Karen. If she has any questions from anybody for that category. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no. So um, as chair of the diversity committee, um, you know, uh, I, I appreciate what you're saying about the deficit. I just want to you know, let everyone know, and you'll hear a report later, but the diversity committee is working on some pretty exciting things. We're really focusing on outreach. Um, and I do understand the deficit. That's a serious issue. And I think this is why I spoke up earlier, not to, to criticize the way you're running a meeting, Karen. I think you're doing a great job uh, with challenging circumstances, um, but uh, it's hard uh, to see in full. And so um, I will be making a motion uh, now or later uh, about the first part uh, of the meeting to free up some funds because my concern is not only is diversity not funded at the level it should be, I think, you know, reducing things like membership, um, and first timer, all these outreach things when we should really be focusing on building up membership and doing outreach um, uh, is maybe more important, at least to me, than uh, paying multiple people basically full, their full way through a convention they're going to go to anyway. So it's um, a little preview for whenever you're taking motions. That's a point well taken, Megan. Noted everything you said. I can certainly appreciate, um, you know, um, I can definitely appreciate everything you're saying. And, um, you know, moving forward, we will certainly um, relook at how we're we're going to do budget uh, in a hybrid fashion moving moving down the line. But thank you. Um, and and I welcome to hear your motion later on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I believe that's Les Kriegler. You have um, a question or a thought? Go ahead, Les. I'm fairly new to this process, having recently rejoined. Could you talk a little bit about, uh, when you talk about outreach, what, what you envision that entailing? Would it be making presentations in the community? Uh, can you talk a little bit about what you envision happening? So... Yes, very briefly now, but <coughs> Megan will give a wonderful report later, um, an in-detailed report on what these committees have been working on. Um, there's a lot of new technology out there and new ways of getting 
you know, a little bit of the younger generation and even some of us old folks, you know, a little more interested, you know, in the world of advocacy and the benefits of belonging to a consumer organization like us and uh, all the wonderful things we're doing. You know, however, technology has costs affiliated with it. And to, to do a project and to do it the right way, there, there are funding issues and, and monies that are definitely needed to advance uh, the technology that's out there now to get us more relevant and in, into this world that we're living in. And I know that Megan and team have worked so hard on the uh, uh, different communication methods that, that, they're, that they're doing. Uh, I don't want to blow her report, so I'm, I'm limiting what I'm saying right now because it's very exciting for her. And, you know, we have um, Fitz here in person that, you know, has just given a lot of time to some efforts. So, um, you know, I can assure you as you hear the, the further reports that, um, you know, there's some great ideas and great ways um, for outreach and to move this organization forward into the world we're living in. So I, I know, Les, that was kind of a, a fluff kind of answer, but you will definitely understand more as we move forward through the reports later on. Also, um, I just want to add, too, that one of the new things that we are going to have to look at going forward as well is the idea of hybrid, because, you know, there are costs that go along with hybrid that we did not incur when we were in person. So there's a whole technology aspect that, you know, is going to need to be put in place in order to do a hybrid convention, as Karen has found out. So, you know, and it's a learning process for all of us, but it is something that we do have to keep in mind going forward as well. Thank you. Thank you, Rosanna. Any questions in the room on this section of the proposed budget? All right. So moving on to the next section, Rosanna, please continue. Okay. The next category is dues. There's only two things in this category and they are the same. Um, <clears throat> hold on one second. Okay. ACB national dues. There was 1,000 that was allocated in 2021. And we allocated 1,050 in 2022 because our state dues has gone up by $5 beginning 2022. So we did have to reallocate extra money uh, for that as well. The only other thing that's under this category is NIBRA and NIBRA doesn't change. It's 500 for NIBRA in 2021 and it would be 2021, I'm sorry, 2022 would be uh, the same for NIBRA. And that brings this category to 1,550 for a total. I don't guess there's going to be any Okay. Controversy over Rosanna, that category. I'm stop you. I need to stop you for one second. I'm hearing yeah. a question. I'm hearing a question in the room. What is NIVRA? Um, 
you want to explain to the folks so they know what you're talking about? Um, no, I'm not really good at explaining. You want to explain it, Karen? I let Jean explain it. Or I have Bob explain it. He's better at it. NIRA is the New York Division Rehabilitation Association. It is a lobby organization set up primarily for the purpose originally of getting licensure for O&M and BRTs. Okay, uh, it has taken up other causes as well. We uh, they run on a forty thousand dollar a year budget, and we support them by paying them five hundred dollars toward that end. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Bob. Point of clarification because there were questions from the group. So, on that, Rosanna, please continue. Okay. Okay. The next category here is office category. And the first one in this category is audit. There was 500 in 2021 that was allowed for audit. Nothing was spent. And we allowed 1500 in 2022 for audit. Grasshopper, we allocated 650 for grasshopper in 2021. Grasshopper is the phone line that hosts our 800 number. Yeah. That is forwarded to, currently it is forwarded to me. So if people are interested in New York or has any other business to do with the state, that number comes directly to me. The reason it isn't an 800 number, because as we all know, presidents do change. And that number then would have to be redirected to either another officer or person uh, selected by the board or the next president. So it is a remote number. Well, Grasshopper, we allocated for 2022 would be 500, which we just added it up to see what it was, and that's what it came out of. The next one on this is Zoom. We pay a yearly fee for Zoom, and that's 150. So uh, I think that comes out in June, if I'm not mistaken. It's once a year. Right now we're paying 150 for Zoom. Dropbox, we allocated 200 in 2021 for Dropbox. And we are allocating 200 again for Dropbox for 2022. Point of clarity, Dropbox is- Dropbox, yeah. Now, there was also something called QuickBooks which Excuse we me. did. Excuse me. Go ahead. Point of clarity. Dropbox is an electronic uh, means of keeping all legal documents for the state in one place. So as administrations change, documents can be switched over as smoothly, as easily as possible. In the past, we've had situations where presidents kept paperwork in boxes and boxes during mailings have gotten lost. This was the most efficient way moving into today's world to keep documentation safe. So just as a point of clarity, go on, Rosanna. Oh, thank you, Karen, for clarifying that. Um, I appreciate it. I didn't, I just assume everybody knew okay, what it just, was. Just go on, <laughs> just hold on. Okay, the next one here is uh, liability and insurance. 3,000 was allocated in 2021. And 
Now we allocated 1500 for 2022. Um, as of right now, there, uh, there is no working insurance for uh, ACB and Y right now that has to be taken care of and looked into. As far as I know, it wasn't renewed. Um, the last thing in this category is the webmaster. We allocated 1,200 in 2021. And we allocated the same 1,200 in 2022. That also would include the renewal of the domain, which comes up, uh, I think it's every couple of years that we have to uh, renew the domain. Uh, the webmaster is the person that takes care of the ACBN website. All of the things that go up on that website are done through uh, the webmaster and that's what that money is allocated for. Total office 2021 was 5,000, was it 5,000, I'm sorry. Oh, 5,500 was 2021 for total office. And we allocated 5,050 for 2022 for office. Okay, that's the end of that category, Karen, if you have any questions. Uh, Rosanna, you said something about the audit uh, category. I believe you said 500 was allocated in 2021. Nothing in 2021, correct, yes. And what was allocated in 2022? Uh, let me go back and look. I think it was. I thought I heard 1600, but I could be mistaken. I'll tell you. Oh, there's. 1500 is what was alloc is allocated for 2022. Can you explain uh, the why the increase? Well, let's see what it was in 2021. Yeah, it was 500. To do an audit if if you know, you hope you never have to do an audit, okay? But if there is an audit that ever has to be done, uh, chances are it's going to cost more than $500 to do it. Um, I have, you know, it, it is an estimate, to be perfectly honest, and hopefully we never have to do one. So you're saying it was underestimated last year and this is more in line with yeah, what you expect more, the cost to Yeah, be? exactly. So that's okay. why we did it that way. And like I said, hopefully we never have to use it. That would, yeah. I would be happy. Right. Okay, thank you. You're very welcome. Let's move on, Rosanna, to your next section. Okay, the next one is scholarship. Okay, this is scholarship student, uh, and that was 1,500. That was allocated 1,500 was also allocated for 2022, which is the same. So now scholarship travel, which would include 
the individuals travel to state convention and their room and board. 1500 was allocated in 2021. We also allocated 1500 for 2022. Okay. The total scholarship amount was 3000 in 2021. And again, it would be 3000 in 2022 because we, we didn't change anything there. And that, that is the end of that category. Any questions through Zoom? I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I said, are there any questions through Zoom? Oh, I'm sorry, Karen, yeah. No, there are no hands raised. Are there any questions in the room? Yes, Mr. Foley. Regarding my pride and joy of the scholarship budget, I believe at the board meeting last year, following the scholarship being awarded, we raised the transportation and lodging and such from 500 to 750 per recipient, if I recall right. That is correct. And that is what is in the budget line. Okay. Okay. Thank you, Roseanne, for clarifying. Yeah, that is the same. 750 is correct. Okay. Gotcha. Thanks. You're welcome, Ian. All right. Continue, Rosanna. Okay. We're almost at the bottom. Okay, the next one is officer. There's only one in this category, and that's the president. And that was 1,000 in 2021. It has not changed. It will continue to be 1,000 in 2022. So total officers, just it's just Karen, because it's just the one, the one officer that's in that category. We are now at the end of the wheel. I'm going to give you what the total expenses are, what they were for 20. I don't have 2021. The, the expected expense for 2021, okay, would be $27,300 is what would be the expected uh, allocated and expected payment out at the end of you know, come December. For 2022, we are expecting total expense of 26,700. So we actually brought this down by a little bit if the budget stays, remains the way that it is right now. Repeat that amount, 26 what, Rosanna? Oh, uh, tell you what it is, 26,700. That would be that would be the estimate for twenty. I'm sorry for twenty twenty two. All right, thank you. Okay. All right. So we are now on the income side, which brings us to the revenue side of this budget, which will be the balance to the top portion. The first one in this category which is under income will be Amazon Smile. $25 was allocated in 2021. That's, and we allocated 25 for 2022, probably Amazon Smile. We don't get a lot from Amazon Smile. 
Just continue on. Convention. Hold on. What, Bob? Uh, very quick suggestion, Rosanna. Just read yes. columns 6 and 13 and uh, with no comments, and we can get through this a little bit more quickly, okay? Wait, I didn't hear you. Can you repeat that? He said, could you please read column 6 and 13 and try to refrain from additional comments Okay, so six we can and thirteen. Through the budget a little quicker. Okay. Um, okay. So, do you want me? I'm going to continue on. And this point would be convention. Six thousand, and that is 2021. And six thousand is what is estimated in 2022. Now, the insurance for chapters would be 1,000 in 2021. And right now in 2022, we have it as zero because there is, uh, we don't know what's going on with that at the moment. Donations, we are looking at 1,000 in 2021 and 1,500 in 2022 is what we allocated. Okay, dues that is paid to ACBNY, it would be 2,000 in 2021. And we estimate 3,600 for 2022. Okay, grants slash leadership is the next one in this category. 2,500 was in 2021. And it will stay at 2,500 in 2022. Interest, 900 was in 2021. And we lowered that to 700 in 2022 because of the interest rate, not as high. Okay. Legislative conference, we had 4,000 in 2021 that was allocated. And we are keeping it at 4,000 for 2022. That's not changing. MMS, it's 2,000 in 2021. And it would remain at 2,000 in 2022. Scholarships, 2,000 in 2021, and 2,000 will remain in 2022. Remember, we're on the income side. Fundraising, 2,500 with what's allocated for 20, 2021. 2,500 is what we will allocate for 2022. That brings the total income, 24,425 was for 2021. We estimate for 2022, $24,825 income for 2022 is the estimate. Thank you. 
Now, that brings us to the surplus or deficit. 2021, we had a deficit of, uh, hold on. 2,875 was the deficit in 2021. We don't know if that's what's gonna happen because it hasn't completed the year yet. But for 2022, we're looking at a deficit, I'm sorry, a deficit of 1,875 in 2022. And that concludes the budget as I have it, as I have it here today. Thank you. You're very welcome. For the conclusion of that proposed budget. I am going to ask for questions, comments, or motions at this time. Thank you. Yes. I'm sure you're all Welcome excited back. to hear from me. Um, so uh, I want to take it, I guess, in two motions. The first uh, motion uh, I wanted to make um, is that I move that ACBNY reduce our allocation to send um, a delegate to national convention to $1,000 from $1,500 and for the um, alternate uh, alternate delegate to be reduced to um, 500 from 1,000. Okay. Megan Parker made a motion. Is there a second? Jean Mann seconded the motion. Thank you. Um, is there any discussion on the motion through Zoom first? Any hands up? No. Thank you. In the room, is there any discussion or questions on the motion from the room? Okay, I'm gonna go with Bob and then Kathy. So Bob. Uh, I'm gonna ask both Lori and Karen, uh, when you have gone to conventions, um, how much has it actually cost? So, I guess as, as a point of interest, I'm gonna say that's not really relevant because, all right, I have people in the room who do feel it is relevant. Um, Lori's gone to much more uh, national conventions than I, so has Gene, so as many people in the room. I'm sure they can tell you what the approximate costs are better than I can. Lori, go ahead. Thank you. So the $1,500 um, does not come close to covering your lodging and, and airfare um, because ACB National does not usually host in tier one cities. So getting an airfare can be easily half of that 1500 and then with room rates between 85 and $95 per night, including tax um, for a week long convention, that's it. It's, you know, it's, it's all gone. All your money's gone. All right. So you're saying that it doesn't cover the amount. Thank you. Not at all. No, it hasn't for years. Okay. okay. Thank you. In the room. Uh, Kathy Lyons, you had something to say? 
My question is similar to Bob's. I was wondering if Ian could tell us how much he spent when he went for, but it's legislative, but it would give us some idea of the expenses. Do you happen to remember that, Ian? Okay, so the question that Kathy Lyons asked is apples and oranges. She asked about legislative weekend, which is in DC and travel distance is a little bit different from Buffalo to DC than to, uh, I'm sorry, New York in DC or New York and wherever the convention may be. It's also for a shorter period. Uh, I guess my comment really kind of is that the, the question really shouldn't be how much we're gonna allocate for this. It should be, do we want it or not? If we want it, we should we should pay what it costs. And if we don't want it, we should pay nothing. Um, the, the if it's something that you know is important to us to send the delegate, then we should we should pay the delegate as much as we can pay the delegate. And maybe the way to look at the budget, if we just absolutely cannot do it, might be to eliminate the alternate delegate and just pay the delegate to go. Um, but I don't know that it. If we if we want it and they're representing us and they're doing something of value to us, then I'm not sure that reducing the payment really makes sense. So Rodney does present an interesting point, but I guess I guess one of my thoughts are that if you're going to a national convention and we we do ask around the state who is interested in going to conventions. And then we ask who is interested in being the delegate and the alternate delegate. So generally speaking, um, if a person is willing to go, you know, they know that they're going to be taking a certain percentage of funds uh, out of their own pocket. I, I absolutely respect what you're saying, Rodney. Um, the, the motion was presented Megan, do you want to keep your motion as it is, or does Rodney's thoughts make sense to you to perhaps withdraw that motion and make a new one, or what are your feelings? Well, my feeling is that we always have a number of people who are going anyway and who attend these meetings anyway. Um, and so it's just a matter of, do we want to pay their full way or not? Um, I am fine with withdrawing and just allocating the full amount to, uh, the one delegate. Um, I can do that. I'd like to formally do that then. All right. I withdraw my motion. Um, and I instead move that ACBNY allocate $1,500 for uh, to send uh, a delegate to the 2022 National ACB Convention um, and not allocate uh, anything for an alternate delegate. Thank you for um, restating your motion. So let's try to get through this. Okay, I'm sorry. So Jean did accept and is seconding the new motion. So now to open up to discussion quickly, please through Zoom, any hands up? No. Thank you. Any other room uh, thoughts or discussions from the room? 
Hearing none, all those in favor of support of Megan's motion on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. All those in the room in favor of supporting the motion made by Megan, please signify by saying aye. All those on Zoom opposed to the motion, please raise your hand. In the room, anybody opposed to the motion, signify by saying aye. Aye. I am going to have to do a roll call vote in the room. Sorry guys, it's too close for me to hear the difference. Cecily on Zoom, how many in favor and how many opposed? Six in favor, one opposed. One opposed, okay. Because we have so many sighted people in the room that can see the hands going up. Nobody can see the hands, Kathy. We're gonna go table by table. Um, Michael, go stand by a table. Folks, I'm not gonna pass the mic around for this. We're gonna do it in the room and get a count. Can somebody please keep track of these numbers I'm gonna call out? Oh, Arnie is in the room. All those in favor of supporting the motion, please raise your hand. Arnie, whenever you're ready, tell me what the count is. How many? 13 hands are raised in support. So you have 13 and six, Cecily. All those opposed, please raise your hand. Five opposed, five and one is six. So motion carried. Thank you. The next, um, any other motions on the budget from Zoom? Okay, Megan again. Um, I would like to move, um, because it is a new committee and I would like, uh, you know, the membership to support it, uh, that the uh, budget line for the diversity committee be increased to $750. Megan made a motion and I'm looking for a second. Who was that? Nancy Murray seconded it. With that, I would like to make a statement and then we can uh, call for the vote. Moving into 2022, my president's allowance, I would like permission to donate back to the diversity committee and the outreach. I am in a position at this time where I feel this is something I want to do for the organization for the committee that I stand behind 100% for the changes that they're bringing into this century. Well, I, okay, but if people have concerns about where the money is going to come from, I'm willing to do that. So on Megan's motion, to raise yes. the allowance for the diversity committee to $750. In the room, any thoughts or opinions on Megan's motion? Karen, I do have a question. It's Rosanna. Yes. Um, I, I just want to clarify what you said, and I think that's well, you know, we'll really noble of after. you. Jean asked me to wait until after. We'll go back to that after. Okay. We're, we're talking about the motion Megan made. We'll stay focused on that. Okay. Any other questions in the room about Megan's motion? Um, I guess my statement is that since this is a new committee, we should leave it the way the budget set it up and see what they do spend. And 
a budget is just that it's now it's a possibility of funds and they can change it if need be that's my comment i was just going to say an answer to the to the previous comment the, the the committee has been around for a while and the board did allocate money for it this year i was just wondering what the what the actual spend was it can you repeat the question budget but the board did vote for money for the committee during the year correct Megan, go ahead. Speak to, yeah thank you i can speak to that rodney um uh the diversity committee was just uh created within the last year so we did not have a budget allocated to us in the 20 for the 2021 budget uh and we ended up um uh, having funds allocated to us through uh, the membership line um, as a result. And we're hoping to uh, to avoid that in the future and be able to expand our activities. Um, and uh, the amount uh, we requested from the board was less than what we really wanted to be able to do things like pay honorariums to volunteers uh, who are helped us with production of the video that we're working on that you'll hear more about. Um, uh, and actually requested less uh, because of the low line for membership. Um, and, you know, we're hoping to do things like advertising outreach and things like that. So um, that's why I requested more money. We don't know how much we'll spend, um, but, uh, you know, we did just free up some funds in the budget and, um, you know, it's a s small increase, uh, shows the organization supports the initiative uh, and uh, wants us to have some uh, uh, resources uh, without having to go begging to the board for it. So, thank you. Any other questions either through Zoom or in the room on the motion? The risk of sounding ignorant maybe uh, with a budget, if you spend a couple dollars more than that, wouldn't that would be okay as long as the next year you make you know make the change? So what happens is that if if they go over budget, then it has to go before the board, and it just becomes more complicated. Correct. So, all right, um, we're going to call for the vote. All those in favor of supporting the motion made by Megan through Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in support of the motion made by Megan through Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in the room in support of the motion, please signify by saying aye. Thank you. Through Zoom, anybody opposed, please raise your hand. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. Anybody in the room opposed, please signify by saying aye. I heard two, three. I heard three in the room. Cecily, how many in favor do you have? I have seven in favor and one against. And we have the majority in the room, motion carried. Are there any other motions on the budget before we vote on the entire budget? Nancy's question, Rosanna, was, was publicity in the expense that was part of outreach. It was part of outreach, yes. Publicity and outreach. We didn't really have anything in that for twenty twenty one. Thank you for the thank you for the answer. You're welcome. Yes. Mike O'Brien, hold on and wait for the microphone. 
could you um, continue with uh, what you were you were proposing to do with the, the money from the presidential line? You were caught in the middle there with the Jean. Okay, she was proposing something, and uh, she was caught in the middle. And I, I, I. Do you have a specific question regarding? He did, and it was answered. I'm going to repeat the answer. Thank you, Karen. I can spend my president's line on whatever I choose to spend it on. So, if. A committee came to me and I choose to spend my money that way, I can do so. So it ends the conversation. All right, guys, we are going to call for the vote on the budget. Oh. All those in favor of passing the 2021 budget through Zoom, please raise your hand. 2022. 2022, yeah. With, with the changes and the voted on, yes. Right. All those in the room in favor of the 2022 budget proposal signify with an aye. Thank you. All those on Zoom opposed to the 2022 proposed budget, please raise your hand. All those in the room opposed to the proposed 2022 budget signify with an aye. Hearing none. Cecily, how many in favor do you have? We have seven in favor and one against. All those in favor, the budget passes for 2022. We are going to go into the SRC uh, report from Megan Parker and the diversity. Okay, so uh, SRC, that's the State Rehabilitation Council for the New York State Council, um, Commission of the Blind, NYSCB. Uh, I have been your uh, SRC representative for, I think, like seven years now, and that's because I did the six-year term, the two, three-year terms, and uh, I'm now waiting for uh, our next representative to be uh, appointed by the governor. Uh, the appointment process uh, is long and cumbersome, um, probably not helped by the fact uh, both of the pandemic and then of switching administrations, but I am told that process is starting to move, uh, so we're hoping that um, our new representative will be approved soon. In the meantime, um, uh, the SRC, um, many of you who've attended before heard me uh, may have heard me report uh, in the past on the SRC's um, advocacy to try to get the New York State uh, Education Department to address serious accessibility problems um, with their high school equivalency exam, which they call the TASC. Um, uh, that stands for tests to assess secondary completion. Um, and the problem has been for some time that it is offered uh, in a variety of formats in, and uh, both paper-based and computer-based. And uh, there have been significant issues um, both with aspects of the Braille exam, um, some aspects of the Braille exam, although it's mostly pretty good, we've identified some, but a lot of it has to do with not having a computer-based option uh, for blind people um, <clears throat> who want to uh, take the test in that format um, using their technology, their screen reader, um, or their Braille display. Um, you're not able to do that right now. Um, 
And that is because the vendor uh, did not create it to be accessible. Um, and we tried to get involved when we found out this was a problem. But the problem is once the state gave the um, uh, you know, the bid to, to a vendor, uh, it was very hard. Um, the vendor just couldn't make it accessible. And we met, we had ongoing meetings with them and it was a big problem. They had a five year, uh, grant, um, or contract to do it. Five years have, uh, expired. The state now put it out for bid once again. Uh, and the old, um, vendor, uh, is out of the high school equivalency exam field, they realized they're no good at it, perhaps. Um, and uh, so the SRC wrote to the state education department uh, about um, lack of specificity in the RFP that stands for request for proposal. That is where they outline um, what uh, they're what they need for the contracts that. Um, the bids uh, reflect that in their proposals. Um, and uh, we outlined uh, very specifically uh, what we felt needed to be in there to address all of uh, the accessibility concerns we uh, found with um, the prep test, uh, with the test itself, with the preparatory material, and with the application process, the online application process. There, um, and many of you, or a number of you, um, you know, did uh, participate in some way over the years. Uh, on trying to apply for the exam, taking the exam, uh, and that was all helpful information that was given to the state. So where we are now is that we did have a meeting in response to our letter with um, people at the state education department. Um, it sounds like they've made a decision, but I don't know if they've you know, announced the award yet. It, it's all uh, in what they call blackout period at this point, so they won't speak to anybody um, about it. And um, they did tell us we'll be very happy, but um, <laughs> uh, that was kind of cold comfort for us because uh, we've been dealing with this issue for so long. Um, so we did also this the SRC uh, write a letter to the comptroller um, because he has, um, the comptroller has oversight of um, contracts um, to look into it before it's awarded. Um, because as we all know, if accessibility is built in at the beginning, that's really the only way to, to ensure accessibility, trying to uh, retrofit um, something um, clearly doesn't work well uh, and didn't um, in the last uh, bid process. So um, that is where we're at. And that has probably been the main uh, advocacy project that the SRC has been engaged in. And, um, you know, that um, will, you know, continues. Uh, I'm hoping to have something positive to report after all this time. Maybe by the time I get off the SRC, <laughs> people will be able to take this exam uh, computer-based. Um, other than that, um, uh, I didn't attend the town hall, but folks probably know, uh, are well aware that Brian Daniels is retiring. So that'll make a big change to the SRC uh, as a new um, uh, director comes on. Um, and other than that, uh, 
I can take questions, but I think those are the high, those are the high points I wanted to raise. Well, Megan, and thank you so much for that update and that report. Um, great, Megan. Um, I'm sure you can update us as you go along. I love seeing your emails over the list, and you are terrific at keeping our membership involved and informed. I'm going to call on you again to please give your report um, on the diversity committee, please. Sure. Thanks, Karen. Um, all right. The, the committee, you guys just heard so much about, and thank you for your support, by the way. I appreciate it. Um, Okay, so we've this is roughly the first year uh, that the diversity committee has uh, been active. Uh, about we um, we started once we had our first uh, group of people uh, by doing outreach to, within our membership to try to get representation from all of the chapters across the state uh, to make sure that this was uh, not an effort of part of the organization but an effort of the full organization. Uh, and we've had a lot of support. The vast majority of chapters do have someone uh, on the committee. Uh, a few do not. Uh, and certainly uh, <clears throat> uh, we're always welcoming new people who uh, are interested. And so feel free uh, to reach out to me. I know I'm not in there in, per there in person, but uh, feel free to uh, reach out to me via email or call, or uh, we do have some very active members there in person. Um, so uh, uh, feel free to go talk to Terrence or Fitz. <laughs> I didn't get their uh, approval, but... <laughs> Um, so uh, other than the the initial outreach, um, I'm excited to say uh, the big uh, project you guys have been hearing so much about uh, was we decided we really wanted to focus on making ACBNY more welcoming to everybody uh, and do outreach to kind of promote diversity in the organization and attempt to do that, uh, as well as to build up diversity and strengthen our membership so that um, we're serving and composed of um, all blind people in New York State. Um, and, you know, we had done a survey. Um, I think we got the results of it last year's convention that did find that some members uh, of color did not feel uh, very welcome at things like state conventions. Uh, and so, um, you know, that gave us the impetus to feel like this is a really important thing for us to focus on as a committee. Um, so um, the main project we've been working on has been a video um, and a number of members of a couple different chapters got together in person, outside in person in the city and um, did a shoot. We also, I think, got some people on Zoom and uh, Fitz uh, has been given lending his uh, time and expertise to um, creating this video, doing the editing. Um, and, uh, you know, we did uh, see a cut of it uh, at our last committee meeting and it was great. We had uh, thoughts. So uh, it's, you know, not final yet. Um, but once we have it, uh, we're going to push it out over social media. Um, chapters can use it to do outreach on their own. Um, we can work with chapters to do outreach, uh, but we really want to use the video and to share it and to promote it. Uh, it 
it really focuses on all the great work uh, that ACB and ACMB and Y um, have done for blind people to try to uh, welcome in new folks. So I, I think people will be happy once they see the final project. Um, and those are the highlights. Uh, and like I said, you know, we're hoping that'll be done uh, in the near future. It just takes time um, to, to do things like editing uh, and, and do it right. Uh, and uh, I'm excited for everyone to see it. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thank you, Megan. You know, and I'm so excited about this. When I, when, when we, um, when you voted me in as your president, it was something that I was really looking forward to was moving this organization forward and into this uh, uh, century. Um, and, and as we all know, you know, um, membership throughout all organizations, it seems to be, um, you know, declining. And to stay relevant and fresh and um, keep things moving is just so important. So, you know, I know that there's a lot of people in the room and also on Zoom who really participated in this, but Megan, for all of your hard work, you know, I really thank you, Fitz. What can I say? You're just the man. <laughs> um, I'm not sure who else is actually Marie Lyons. I know you're in the room and you spent a lot of time. Um, I don't want to miss anybody, but I know there's other people in the room and I know that there's people on Zoom who have all participated and um, I just want to say thank you. And I would just also like to remind the people that are here in person to please keep your conversation down at the tables because it's very distracting. Um, but Megan, thank you so much for all of your hard work. So oh, my pleasure. we're going to have an update from Lori Scharf and she's going to give you an update on the uh, pedestrian uh, signal issues uh, that she has been involved with. So um, the journey for accessible pedestrian signals, APSs, continues. Both sides have submitted their uh, remedial plans. And, um, well, we couldn't agree on a remedial plan. So the court now is requesting a two-day hearing um, in person. And the, um, they, during that hearing, um, the hearing will be Monday, October 25th and Friday, October 29th those at 9 a.m. The first day, it's intended to be a full day hearing. Um, and this is based on the judge's schedule. It will be at the third third Thurgood Marshall U.S. Courthouse would be nice if I could speak at 40 Center Street, New York, New York, 1007. The uh, in-person individual should be aware that full COVID protocols will be taken. So space is limited and the courtrooms in that building are not very large. We do encourage people, if able to attend in person, to come in person. There will be, as of yesterday, it was a little touch and go, there will be remote participate or remote listening um, via phone and as well as a live cart transcript available of court proceedings. The in-person hearing will consist of... <clears throat> opening um, 
opening statements. Next, it will there will be witness testimony and cross-examination and then closing statements. The witnesses who will be presenting will be um, for the plaintiffs. The expert witness is currently Dr. Reverend Dr. Eugene A. Berkwin, comms. Jean is a certified orientation and mobility specialist, and he is su succeeding Janet Barlow after her unexpected passing in August of 2021. The uh, defendant witness is Josh Benson, who is the Deputy Commissioner of Traffic Operations, New York City Department of Transportation. The hearing will be addressing the following issues. How many intersections need to have accessible pedestrian signals? Whether the uh, transition will take 10 years or 30 years, how intersections will be prioritized, what policies and procedures will the New York City Department of Transportation need to adopt going forward with respect to street work and how will requests from the public and the community at large be handled? Um, as well as uh, what practices uh, for installation of APSs must be used going forward. Um, we are also requesting that attendees in person uh, contact Tori. Um, again, we cannot guarantee that there will be space in the courtroom but individuals are interested in attending, can attend either in person or by phone. Tori um, will be sending out the information to the organizations who submitted letters of support. And I would just like to personally thank NIVRA for their letter of support, um, as well as GNYCB and other uh, organizations who this issue means so much to. Um, but Tori can be emailed at T as in Thomas Adkinson, A-T-K-I-N-S-O-N at D-R-A legal, L-E-G-A-L dot org. Um, and she will be sending the call-in information out on Monday to the organizations who have submitted letters of support. And um, we don't know after that when we will be receiving further direction on a remediation plan, but we hope to be much closer after those two dates. Lori, thank you so much for that report. Um, if there's any additional information or facts that people need to know, uh, if you'd be so wonderful to send that out over the membership list, uh, I'm sure everybody is, is uh, looking forward to some active participation with writing some letters and support. 
Um, but if you want to send all that out over the membership list, that would be wonderful. And thank you so much for that great report. Okay. We are going to move on to the next agenda item, which is Constitution. At this point, I am going to step down from running the meeting. Jane Mann is going to step up, and um, I will be back with you folks later. We have a lot of these to go through, so um, we'll go through them as quickly as possible. I'm going to read the um, current language on each one and then the proposed language. I'll explain where explanations are necessary and obviously take any questions. Also, I want to thank Carlene and Lori Scharf and Mary Ellen Cronin for working with me. Um, Carlene and Mary Ellen made some comments. Lori and I kind of put most of this together um, with a few comments from a few other people. So first one is uh, from Article 5, and it's the dues, and the current language reads, each chapter member at large, organizational member, and associate and junior member not belonging to a chapter shall submit the required dues to the treasurer. This one um, is just kind of wordsmithing. The proposed language is each chapter, member at large, organizational member, and associate and junior member not belonging to a chapter shall submit the required dues to the ACBNY treasurer. Simply clarifies who it goes to. Um, any any discussion? Any hands up on Zoom? No. Any discussion in the room? Okay. All those in favor of this amendment on Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in the room in favor of this amendment, please signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. Anybody opposed in the room? Signify by saying aye. Okay, we'll go on to the next one. Well, you had uh, six for and one against on Zoom. Okay. Um, these do have to pass by a two-thirds majority, so if if there's a question, then we'll have to uh, take a vote. We're going to vote. Yeah. Article, the next is Article 6, voting. There's uh, several in this, uh, uh, this is, this, in, there's several sections in this, in this article and we changed several of them. The first one, number one, current language, each voting member attending a state convention shall be entitled to one vote. Proposed language, number one, each voting member attending a business meeting shall be entitled to one vote. Votes may be cast virtually or in person. I changed it so that if for some reason we have a business meeting during the year, it counts. Uh, you know, you can vote before it just said the convention. We, we never had a business meeting except at a convention, but you just never know. And also I put in the sections to give us um, permission to vote virtually or in person, which we're doing today anyway, but I wanted to put it in here so nobody will question it. So um, any, any questions, any hands raised on Zoom? No. Okay, any questions in the room? Okay, all those uh, in favor? of this amendment on Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in favor in the room of this amendment, please signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed? Um, I'm gonna do it this way. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. 
And anybody opposed in the room signify by saying aye. Any hands raised on Zoom? No. Okay, on to the next one. This is number section number two in the same article. An official delegate from each chapter shall cast the number of votes to which that chapter is entitled. Um, the proposed language I sent out is a little bit different than what I'm gonna read because an English major from downstate changed my language a little bit and thought it maybe was a little bit clearer and it probably is. I won't mention his name, Rich Lane. <laughs> anyway, number two, an official delegate elected or appointed from each chapter shall cast during the business meeting the number of votes to which that chapter is entitled. Any um, questions on Zoom, please raise your hand. Any questions in the room? All those in favor on Zoom, please raise your hand. All those in favor of this amendment in the room, please signify by saying aye. All opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. You have one opposed. One opposed. Um, all opposed in the room, signify by saying aye. Okay, one opposed. Now we go to section number nine. All officers, directors, and delegates must reside in New York State is the current language. Proposed language, number nine. All officers, directors, and delegates must reside in New York State. However, should an officer, director, or delegate's term end in three months or less, they may continue to serve in their present position until the end of said term. Any discussion on Zoom? Please raise your hand. Any discussion in the room? Okay, I thought there might be some. <laughs> All those in favor of this amendment on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. Everybody in this room, signify if you're in favor by saying aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. Anybody in the room opposed, sig please signify by saying aye. Two, okay, two opposed. All right, the next one is number 11 in this same article. Should a vacancy occur in any other, oh, number 10, just to explain, number 10 says that if the president um, can't finish their term for any reason, the first vice president takes over. So number 11 says, should a vacancy occur in any other office, a person shall be appointed by the board of directors to complete the unexpired term at the regularly scheduled meeting of the board of directors within 30 days of the date the vacancy occurred. If the board of directors has not scheduled a meeting within the time frame, the executive committee shall appoint a person to fill the unexpired term. Proposed language is as follows. Should a vacancy occur in any other office, a person shall be appointed by the board of directors to complete the unexpired term within 30 days of being notified in writing of said vacancy. If the annual business meeting will occur within 30 days, the position must be filled by a vote taken during said meeting. Um, that's, I changed it, I, I changed that last sentence a little bit to say, the position must be filled by a vote taken during 
Oh no, I originally it said the annual business meeting and I changed it to said meeting. Okay, I think that's the way it goes. <laughs> any any um, any discussion um, on Zoom? I just had a quick question, Jean, for clarification. Um, you mentioned if um, <clears throat> you know a business meeting is occurring within 30 days that there'll be a vote. Um, but are you then keeping the rest of the language that you had first read uh, regarding, like if there's not what to do if there's not a uh, a business uh, meeting? Um, that it will be appointed not, by the board. Yeah, instead of the um, executive committee, um, let's see, propose, I gotta go back to the okay. current language because I, director's been 30 days of the day, if the board doesn't have, have a certain meeting. So you're just striking out board, uh, instead board. Of, instead of the executive committee doing it, now the board has to do it. If there's no business meeting within. Okay, so it used to be if there was no board meeting, the executive committee will do it. Now, if there's no business meeting of the membership, the there's, board will do it. Is that correct? Let's see. Sorry, um, I'm just confused. I know, it's, I am too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> vacancy occur in any other office, a person shall be appointed by the board of directors to complete the unexpired term within 30 days of being notified in writing. All right, well now you have to, we never clarified before that it had to be in writing. If the yeah. If, yeah, so if the if the business meeting isn't taking place within thirty days, then the board has to do it. Okay, did I clarify? Yes, thank you. Okay. Was there was there somebody else, Cecily? Yes, uh, Rosanna, go ahead. Yes, um, Jane, I just have a really quick question. Um, given the fact that like, you know, that things are being done hybrid, will the voting be able to be accepted hybrid um, through Zoom or whatever is used at that point? Um, it, yes, I mean, we do, we do most of our board meetings on Zoom anyway, and any business meeting that we do with the membership can be in person or um, virtual. So I okay. take that to mean that yes, it could be, it could be like it is today if it had to be. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that and make sure that everybody's vote does count. So yes. yes. Okay. Thanks, Jean. Yep. Anybody else on Zoom? Okay. Anybody in here have any more questions? So, you know, I've been president for just about two years, and we've had three vacancies. And um, we are just really complicating so much. <laughs> now we're asking that things definitely have to be done in writing. I, I had somebody who resigned that I just about had to force to send a letter of resignation in about a year and a half ago. Um, things aren't always so cut and dry, and if we're adding stuff or taking things out of a constitution, I think we have to be really careful and think about what we're doing moving forward because things are not always black and white. And that's really my only comment on it. So if Jean wants to give us some clarity or, um, you know, a little more on this, but, you know, as your current president, I'm going to tell you, things don't always work black and white and cut and dry. So please remember that as you're voting on this. Well, all I will say to that is in writing these days can mean an email. So I'm, I'm sorry if somebody, if, if the, the, the message is 
basically what it says is that the board has to be notified in writing if if we're going to vote on a vacancy it doesn't say anything about the person who's resigning although they should send their stuff in writing but it doesn't say anything about that so basically what we're talking about is is um the board of directors um has to be notified in writing and there's no reason that we're not i mean you send an email out that's writing so that's my thought another question yes uh, uh suppose i'm an officer let's say i'm second vice president and i get really po'd and i say i quit and i refuse to submit my resignation in writing i just leave what happens there is another amendment that comes up later, which I, we need to work on, but it, it talks about um, um, basically expelling people from the board. Um, it's uh, and I like I said, we need to we need to do some more work on it. But it's, if you read the amendments that went out, it's the last amendment about it's the New York State law. I quoted from the New York State law. So probably when we get to that. Um, I'll explain a little more. We probably need to work with the policy committee on it, but we will have something in place so that we can we can vote as a board to let you go. Or if the board is doing a really bad job, the membership can fire us all. So we have one question from Zoom. If you'd like to take it, okay. Lori, go ahead. Hi, it's hi, it's Lori. I, it's not a question. It's more of a comment that um, a lot of times. And I don't know for sure, but a lot of times uh, corporate regulations require that a resignation be in writing because somebody could turn around and say, oh, I never had the intent of resigning. So it's to cover the board by asking the officer or director to put their resignation in writing. Okay. Um, anybody else on Zoom or in person? Yeah, just as a point of clarity, you know, I, I'm not opposed to this amendment, but, you know, we did have a first vice president uh, that did resign that I really, she put her resignation in verbally long, long before she had submitted her written resignation, which created uh, problems, um, not just the executive board, but the entire board. So, there are some problems, and, and this is where I'm saying, there are areas that are very gray, and um, we can demand all we want, uh, Lori, to, to respond to you. It doesn't mean people are going to do it. We will, we, we will, we, we have some more work to do on that, but there are ways to cover that, as Lori said, so. Um, any, any other discussion? Okay, all those on Zoom voting in support of this amendment, please signify by raising your hand. All those in the room in support of this amendment, please signify by saying aye. All those opposed on Zoom, signify by raising your hand. And all those in the room support, uh, in, opposed, in opposition of this amendment, signify by saying aye. Do we have any abstentions? I didn't hear as many eyes as I think there are people in the room. One abstention, any abstentions on Zoom? We haven't been doing that. We should. Any more abstentions? Okay, uh, number 12 in this section, um, this has been added. 
If the position of treasurer is vacated, in addition to the full ACBNY board of directors, the finance committee must also be consulted and participate in all board meetings where the business of appointing a new treasurer is discussed. However, they will not have a vote unless an election takes place at a business meeting. This was requested by the finance committee um, because they felt they should have been included in the conversation when we were looking to appoint a new treasurer. Um, any comments on Zoom? No. Okay, any comments in the room? Oh, I'm, I'm forgetting, I'm supposed to, um, the committee recommends a do pass on all these. <laughs> um, okay, uh, all those in favor of this amendment uh, on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. And all those in person uh, in, in support of this amendment, please signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom? Anybody no. in this room? Okay. Um, there were sections um, 12 and 13 in the Constitution. Since we added a 12, those will be moved to 13 and 14. And we are adding a section 15. And the proposed language is as follows. No officer or board of, of or board member of ACBNY may hold more than one position on the board of directors of ACBNY. In other words, you can't be a delegate and an officer at the same time, or a director and an officer at the same time. I mean, um, huh? No, but we could, and it was felt that it needed to be added by somebody. Um, any discussion on Zoom? The committee recommends a do pass on this one too. Any discussion in the room? This will be number 15. Okay, all those in favor of passing this amendment on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. All those in the room um, in support of this amendment, please signify by saying aye. aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. Anybody in the room opposed, please signify by saying aye. And any abstentions on Zoom or in the room? Okay, we're good. We're moving on to articles eight, powers and duties. And the first section is the convention. The current language is number four in the convention section. And it says the convention shall select the site of at least the following year's state convention from among the proposed items submitted to it. However, if no proposal is submitted or if the convention declines to approve any of the submitted proposals, the executive board shall select this site for at least the following year's state convention. In this case, the executive board must select a site within 60 days following the present year's state convention. State conventions may be planned and contracted for more than one year in advance with the approval of the convention officers. 
The proposed language is as follows. The convention shall select the site of at least the following year's state convention from among the proposed sites submitted to it. However, if no proposal is submitted or if the convention declines to approve any of the submitted proposals, the board of directors shall select the site for at least the following year's state convention. In this case, the board must select a site within 60 days following the present year's state convention. State conventions may be planned and contracted for more than one year in advance. Basically, I put the responsibility on the board of directors instead of the executive board. And I also took out the part about the convention officers because we don't usually have convention officers. I guess at one time, maybe they did appoint them, but we haven't been doing that. So any, um, any discussion? The committee recommends a do pass on this one too. Any discussion from our, our Zoom people? No. Okay, any discussion in the room? Okay. All those in favor of this amendment, please signify on Zoom by raising your hand. All in favor of this amendment in this room, signify by saying aye. Any opposed, please on, on Zoom, please raise your hand. Any opposed in this room, signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom? No one. Okay. The next one is the section on officers and directors. And it's the second thing in the in this section. Uh, number two, the, the proposed language, I mean, the current language is as follows. The board of directors shall consist of the officers, a delegate at large to be appointed by the president with the approval of the board of directors, the immediate past president, and one director to be selected by each chapter. Proposed language. Number two, the board of directors shall consist of the officers, a director from the at-large members to be appointed by the president with the approval of the board of directors, the immediate past president, and one director to be appointed or elected by each chapter. The little changes there are that I just changed to specify that the um, at-large person is supposed to be um, somebody from the at-large members. And instead of saying that the director um, from each chapter is appointed, is selected by the um, each, chap each chapter, the person can be elected or appointed. There's a lot of confusion sometimes about how delegates and directors are supposed to be you know, appointed. So that hopefully makes it a little bit clearer. This is directors. Any discussion on Zoom? Any discussion in the room? No. Any discussion in here? Okay. Um, all those in favor of this amendment on Zoom, please signify by saying aye. I mean by raising your hand. You can say aye, but we won't hear you. Okay, everybody in this room in support of this amendment, signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise your hand. Anybody opposed in this room, signify by saying aye. Anybody opposed? No. Okay, thank you. The next one, 
is uh, number four in, I don't even know what thing we're in anymore, powers and duties. <laughs> Uh, current language, the president can designate the vice president to serve as an ex officio member to certain committees. The proposed language, number four, the president can designate either the first or second vice president to serve as an ex officio member on any committee except the nominating committee. Um, pretty self-explanatory. At one time, we only had one vice president and this just never got changed. And also, um, I don't know why it said certain committees, but basically it can be any committee except nominating. Doesn't have to be, but it can be. So anybody on Zoom have any questions or discussion? Anybody no. in the room? Oh, we got somebody? No. Okay, anybody in the room? Okay, all those in favor of this amendment on Zoom, please signify by raising your hand. All those in favor of this amendment in the room, please signify by saying aye. aye. Anybody opposed on Zoom, please raise, signify by raising your hand. No. Everybody, anybody opposed in this room, please signify by saying aye. Okay, anybody on Zoom? No. We're good, okay. The next one, this is the last one. I am not, the committee is not making a recommendation on this. Um, this was taken directly from the New York State Consolidated Laws, not-for-profit corporation law. I don't know what all this stands for, NPCS 706. I took it right from there. Um, this would be number five for this section if it passes. Any or all of the directors may be removed for cause by vote of the members or by vote of the directors, provided there is a quorum of not less than a majority present at the meeting of directors at which such action is taken. This is where if we had another case where somebody refused to send in writing their resignation, we could remove them from the board. Um, the policy committee asked us to work on this. Um, I don't know if we want to leave it as is or if we want to do any more work on it. We probably do need to do some, but I don't, I'm going to, I'm going to ask if there's discussion on Zoom first. Okay. Is there discussion in this room? <laughs> I figured. Okay. I bumper people in the room. So, you know, um, this just really opens up a little bit of a can of worms right now. And, um, I, it would be really my recommendation as president that there's a little bit more clarity put into um, these amendments, this, this particular amendment. Um, you know, we have to be very careful as officers and as a board of directors when we're dealing with different personalities and different issues that go on. Um, you know, things perceived as temper tantrums or other issues. And I would hate to see a board member or somebody on the executive board, you know, dismissed from their duties or removed because they may not be so likable. Um, I would just like a little more clarity on what would constitute expelling somebody from the board written into these changes before um, we, we would pass this, would be my opinion. I have a question on Zoom when you want to take. 
Okay, take the one on Zoom, and then we'll take one from the room. So, Rosanna, go ahead. I I would I definitely would agree with President Karen on that. I that whole amendment is very wordy, and it really is not clear. And I I do think that that's something you might want to work with the policy committee on. Um, you know, actual guidelines that, you know, guidelines for, I hate to say it, etiquette, you know, correct etiquette and behavior on being a board member. And it's sad that we have to do that in this day and age. But I, yeah, I think I agree with President Karen on that. It does need clarification. And the wordiness just, it just needs to be pulled apart a little bit. It's unclear. Yes. Um we um, we discussed this a bit in Westchester before we came, and we were kind of generally opposed to the to the language that's there now. Um, one of the suggestions that I had um, was that you know, for cause is very vague; is a very vague term, um, and I'm, I'm not sure that in terms of constitutional, to keeping it simple, it's easy to to write in all the things that would constitute cause. Um, but one thing that we could do is change the language that says that a, a majority of the members or a majority of the board can remove an officer. If that was made into a supermajority, if that was made into a two thirds or something like that, then it becomes that there, there becomes a much higher burden to reach and it's gonna be less likely that people are gonna be done, that it's gonna be done for frivolous reasons. Uh, this is Martin from Westchester also. Um, I want to continue what on the vein that, that seems to be going on, that the clarification just does not seem to be there on this. Uh, it needs more work. Uh, we may need to add a cure period if uh, there has been something that brought uh, an executive under question. Um, I'm just think there has to be more clarity around it. Um. I understand where you're coming from, and honestly, I didn't know what to do with it either. And I just, like I said, quoted the language, took it exactly from that law. Um, I am willing to, I had to present it, you know, because we were asked to present something. Um, I thought just cause maybe could be clarified more in the policies um, by the policy committee. So um, I think I know what the um, vote is gonna be on this one. So I think instead of voting, um, maybe what I'll do is withdraw it and we can work with the policy committee and bring something back next year. Um, so is everybody in agreement with that? Matter of fact, I think I'll make that into a motion that, um, that we withdraw this amendment and that the constitution committee and the, by, and the policy committee work on it and bring it back next year for submission. Okay. Uh, Lauren, go ahead. Who's that? Oh, I'm sorry. Have, oh, okay, is there somebody with a hand raised? Uh, I, I, this is Annie. I was going to second, but it's too late. So, oh, well, you can be like fifth because okay. <laughs> we had about three seconds. Okay. I know. It's, um, it's any further long. discussion on this motion by the Zoom people? Uh, Lori, go ahead. I was just going to say there was no motion on the floor, Gene, because there was uh, no recommendation by the committee. You're right. So you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> okay. Any uh, any any other discussion on the on Zoom? Um, in the room here. 
Okay. We're voting on the motion. We're voting on the motion that I proposed and a bunch of people seconded. Okay. In Zoom, all those in favor of the motion, please signify by raising your hand. I didn't have to withdraw the motion from the, uh, withdraw the amendment um, because, oh, I, all right, let me restate it. I, I see what you're getting at. Uh, the motion is that the Constitution Committee and the Policy Committee work on this issue and bring it back next year. You're right. I had said that I, the motion was to withdraw the amendment, and since nobody since we didn't recommend to do pass, we don't have to withdraw it. So the motion is to um, have the Constitution Committee and the Policy Committee work on presenting an amendment and bringing it back next year. And maybe I should clarify it more: presenting an amendment on um, presenting an amendment on. Um, I'm trying to think of the word I should use. Um, I don't want to say expulsion. Dismissing. Okay. That works. D removal. Removal is probably a good word. All right. So the committee, the, the Constitution and Bylaws Committee and the Policy Committee will work on a an amendment concerning the removal of um, officers or board members. Just say board members. We're all board members. We're on board, board members and submit it next year. Are you the people who seconded it? Are you all right with that? Okay, now on Zoom, all those in favor, please signify by raising your hand. In the room, all those in favor, signify by saying aye. On Zoom, anybody opposed, raise your hand. In the room, anybody opposed, please signify by saying aye. Richard, I'm sorry to make this so complicated for you. <laughs> okay, Madam President, that concludes my report. Okay. We are going to move on rather swiftly right now. Under some old business, um, there was um, the issue of the Thruway Authority and the Business Enterprise Program, um, which has been on our agenda for multiple years now. Um, in certain situations, um, when you're president of an organization, but you're also chair of a committee, you have to pass the hat. So I need a mic runner. Um, and Virgil, if you would please raise your hand so you can be identified. Virgil Amaral is the first vice chair of the State Committee of Blind Vendors. I am the chairperson, so I'm going to remove myself and let Virgil uh, give a quick report from the State Committee of Blind Vendors, and then I will follow up as ACB president. While he has the mic, though, I'm going to have him do two reports at once. He's going to do three-way and SUNY at the same time, and then we'll take one or two quick questions. Um, I'll start with SUNY. Uh, SUNY was a 10-year ongoing problem for the Committee of Blind Vendors and the um, vendors they represent. Um, they came back to us with an MOU a couple of years ago. They made us an offer because we were being left out of our priority, left out of opportunities for the blind, um, and employment as well. Um, we came to an agreement only because it took 10 years, and at that point, we felt that something was a little bit better than going nowhere, and it was going nowhere, <coughs> excuse me, for 10 years. Came back to us with an agreement of 850000 a year for five years. 
um, a retroactive payment of one time for 250000 The pandemic hit. They paid us the two fifty. They then proceeded to give us only the 350000 and we had to divide the remainder of $500,000 into the next four years. Now, we'll fast forward. We're here at 2021. They have given us the payment of the one twenty-five that was owed. And we, till this day, are still waiting for the payment of 850000 that is owed to the blind vendors. Um, a letter has been sent out to the commissioner, Sheila Poole, with a 15-day response time. After that response is handed, she then has 30 days to, for a resolution. Um, no response as of yet, but she still has time. Um, so it's been an ongoing fight with them. Um, litigation maybe in the future, um, but right now, we're approaching it in this matter. Um, now, throughway was a little trickier. Throughway was completely leaving us out of our priority. Um, we then, with the help of the ACB, um, and the RSBA, and FB, and ABM, um, and the Committee of Blind Vendors came together um, with their financial support and ours got legal representation. We then presented them with the law and our wants and needs. Um, they came back with something ridiculous. We then went back to them and said, this is ridiculous. You have to rethink this. Um, I can't speak much on this matter, except to tell you that as of right now, it is on the contract. Um, well, litigation. Um, so I won't speak much on that, um, but that's where we're at. Uh, we're waiting for them to come back with another offer and see where we take it. Um, I don't know how many opportunities are going to arise from this contract. Um, so we're hoping for the best. Um, if not, then we'll just continue back and forth, which we do not want. Uh, we have to take them into the courts. We will. Um, so that's where we stand uh, in a nutshell. Uh, you know, I'm sorry, I just can't talk a lot about throughway. Um, because, like Karen just reminded me, we're in litigation. Um, and that's where we're at. Um, that's all I got on those two. All right. So um, it's, it's complicated situations with the fact that Office of Child and Family Services and the Commission for the Blind are ultimately responsible for um, negotiating and working with other state agencies. And clearly the problem within New York State is one state agency um, negotiating for the best interest of us against another state agency. Um, as, as Virgil said, and, and as an organization, we have watched this throughway stuff unfold for years. As you know, before I became your president, I was the appointed person to um, be, I guess, the liaison, I guess, from ACB and the blind vendors and the throughway authority, and we were getting absolutely nowhere. And there was no choice but for the State Committee of Blind Vendors to um, hire, retain uh, outside uh, legal counsel, which they did, and have been following the advisement of the attorneys. Um, there has been much funding from RSVA and NABM and the blind vendors themselves uh, contributing um, to, to those ongoing efforts. Um, SUNY, as, as Virgil said, 
you know, um, there was a letter of demand that did go to Sheila Poole to act and to let us know what steps they are taking to ensure that payment of $850,000 is secured for the blind vendors. And I just want people to know that, you know, when we're talking about these funds, these funds are desperately needed by the blind vendors right now. We have, as you heard the little report earlier, 40% only of businesses in New York City are open. Only 60% are open in Albany, and that is not anywhere near full capacity or where they should be. The staff from state, federal, uh, and county um, uh, offices, the population is just not coming back. Buffalo is uh, Buffalo Western Region, so Buffalo, Rochester, Binghamton are at 90%. However, again, there is just the money is just not there with federal people not coming back to work at all and state people being delayed month after month after month. So what happens with these monies that are paid uh, to the blind vendors, it gets broke up and put into fair minimum return payments that goes out to help support the managers while there is no work or while they're suffering. So um, I will take one question through Zoom, one question in the room, if there are any. I'm hoping I was clear enough that there aren't many. Yeah, my, my apologies, this may have been covered, but for the for the monies that uh, the vendors are receiving uh, from the University of Buffalo, how are those funds being dispensed? Who is actually getting that money? Okay. So it's not just the University of Buffalo, it's the whole SUNY system. And the small amounts of money that has come in has been divided more or less equally above uh, among all managers in the state. So you have 62 managers, you take $125,000 and you divide that between 62 managers. And that's what was sent out as a fair minimum return payment. We still sacrificed our priority by, by getting, uh, I guess what you call um, additional funding to the program, but now we're not even getting that. So we've had no choice but to move forward, um, pushing Sheila Poole to, um, you know, come up with a solution on how she's going to uh, remedy the situation. And if there is no resolve within the time frame our attorney has given, um, you know, then the State Committee of Blind Vendors may have to pursue all avenues available to them. All right, so that would be the report on that. And we will continue to send more emails out over the list as, as we're able to. So the next report, if Anne Chapetta can please unmute five minutes to give a report on uh, New York Alert. So um, I'm going to report to you on the, um, the New York Alert mass communication update. Um, we had a settlement agreement uh, thanks to disability rights advocates. Uh, we had a press release that went out. Um, September 29th, uh, and it was sent to ACB members and you know all social media and DRA sent it out themselves. And thanks to um, attorneys, including Chloe Holtzman, um, we ha have settled to um, uh, to compel um, the New York State um, Information and Technology Department to make the New York alert. Um, notification system accessible to blind and visually impaired um, individuals who use screen reading software. Uh, this started in 2018 and uh, thanks to ACB of New York, 
Karen and, and myself when, went into uh, mediation and uh, we've settled and it didn't take as long as I thought it was gonna take. Um, so so the lawsuit um, that got settled is, is gonna guarantee that, um, that we get provisions to, um, to make their mass notification system on the web accessible. Uh, and what that means is, you know, you know, everything from um, setting up an account to um, setting up your notifications, either through text or email, things like that. The problems I was having was uh, once I set up a profile, I wasn't able to, uh, with, with my screen reader, I wasn't able to, um, to really do any of that. And uh, it prevented me from getting um, important notifications, weather notification, things like if the tornado's coming or just recently with the hurricane, um, we had a flash flood warning here and it was, it was horrific um, and we were affected. Uh, and I did not get um, text messages from the state's notification system. I got them from um, the National Weather Service, but it would have probably made a difference if I got them locally. Um, so um, basically, uh, if anybody wants the, um, I'll make this quick. If anybody wants the, uh, um, the press release, I will send it to you. Uh, all you have to do is um, get in touch with me. And uh, uh, my email address is anniecms64 at gmail.com. That's A-N-N-I-E, the initial C for Charlie, M for Mike, S for Sam, the number six, the number four at gmail.com. It's also on the DRA um, press release uh, on the website under their press releases. Uh, and uh, I look forward to um, you know being able to send out this press release and uh, anybody that has um, not used the New York alert system, um, I encourage you to do so uh, because part of the settlement agreement includes a way to um, for people to get in touch with them um, if they uh, if they encounter an issue uh, at all. And that was part of the settlement as well. So I, I won't belabor this any longer because I know Karen said um, that, you know, we have to, you know, wrap things up. So that's it. And thank, thank you very much. Thank you so much for that report, Annie. Any information, um, please feel free to send out over the membership list. And as you all heard, um, she does have an email for those listening nationally. It's quite exciting. And, um, you know, makes for great reading. So thank you so much for that report. As far as old business and reports, that's gonna conclude them for today. I'm gonna to ask Ian and Megan to send out a legislative report, a brief one if they have one over the membership list. There really isn't a whole lot to report on right now. So we're kind of gonna just keep moving along. Um, so that's gonna conclude our old business at this time. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a call for three times because it's procedure and protocol, so I do need to. Any other old business? Any other old business? Third and final time, is there any old business? And I'm not hearing anything from the room. So we're gonna move on to some new business. Convention bid for 2022. Has any chapter or special interest affiliate? Um, well, I've, I've gotten nothing in writing, but submitted a convention bid for 2022. Any convention bids for 2022? Third and final time, any convention bids for 2022? Thank you, there is nothing in the room. Hearing none, um, the um, 
state will look at the convention for 2022. I'm sure we'll have lots of announcements and things to make after that. There was nothing else on the agenda for today's meeting. So I will welcome a motion to adjourn. I heard Bill Murray first very loudly. Okay, um, well, I asked for old business. I'm sorry. Bill, hold your motion. Is there any other new business? You got to do this three times, folks. Is there any other new business? Third and final, is there any other new business? Thank you. Anything in the room? I'm hearing none. So now, Bill Murray made a motion to adjourn. Is there a second? Wait, Annie, do you want to second that? Yes, I second. Thank you. Thank you. And Chapetta on the record for a second. Uh, I'm assuming there's no discussion other than folks. Um, um, but we're going to close this meeting now, and I will see all you folks back at 6.30. The auction link will be open uh, for 8 p.m. is when we're starting the auction. For the rest of you in the room, uh, 6.30 or when the doors are reopened. Thank you all. Enjoy your break.